Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 46, reading the first paragraph that begins with, Yes, we of agnostic temperament. Today's readers are Lisa H. and Lynn S. Um, the uh, newcomer greeter on the second hour will be Tanya G. And the host for the second hour is Sandy W. Nina R. will read the 12 steps for us. And Anna S. will read the 12 traditions. The reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, March 23rd, are these. 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 16,630. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting yesterday, 16,631. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm now going to ask Nina R. to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Nina. Hey, Penny. It's Nina from New York City. Um with the 12 steps. Step one, we admitted we were perilous over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching, fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the prayer to carry that out. 
Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you so much, Nina Ah. And now the 12 traditions, and Anna S. is going to read those for us. Good morning, Penny and everyone. This is Anna S. with the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, Anna S. How our meeting works is this. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you would press star one to unmute. Then once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 46, the first full paragraph that begins with, yes, we have agnostic temperament, and we're reading just that one paragraph. And now I'm going to ask our first reader, Lisa H., to start us off. Thank you. Good morning. Um, Lisa H., recovered um, in 
Dallas, Texas at the moment. Yes, we of agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. Let us make haste to assure you. We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results, even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. Um, Good morning, my fellows. Again, this is Lisa H. Recovered from Tennessee. Um, You know, before before I got into program, I really didn't know anything about what what it meant to be agnostic um that uh because i grew up in a religious home i grew up um with uh with a concept of god right but for me it was um the concept was an angry god so when i came to program and someone said that i could come up with my own conception of god right as long as that as long as it wasn't me um, that was a breath of fresh air, um, because I think that, you know, it says we can't fully define or comprehend that power. And if I, if I can, if I think I can define or comprehend that power, then I'm making it really small. Um, I'm probably making it other people, um, or even, even myself. Um, you know, one of the, um, one of the things I love, right? The, the big book is filled with, um, you know, uh, names, if you will, um, for that higher power um, so that it can be, it's so vast and so wide. Um, and, and I think that um, I just have touched the surface of understanding or comprehending. Um, of course, what I know is that God, this God of my understanding has done for me what I could not do for myself. Um, and I don't know if this is where the set aside prayer, you know, sort of came in, but this was, this is what it reminds me of when it says to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe because it is so helpful in all sorts of, um, circumstances to set aside everything I think I know, you know, for an open mind and a new experience. And, and I think if I can do that, um, then I'm inviting God in, right? I'm inviting God in to show me another way, to show me, um, you know, um, how to get, how to put the food down, how to work the steps, how to get through the steps um, and get to neutrality, which, which is the gift today. Um, so I have to, I have to comprehend God and make God so big and so vast and so wide Um and it just makes it beautiful for me. Anyway, thanks for letting me share. I pass. Penny, we can't hear you. There we go. Um, Now I'm going to be taking names of people who would like to share on what was just read. Um, Please remember that at this meeting we asked that if you shared in the last two days that you hold back, and let other people um, be marked on me. And Hold on, hold on just a minute. Katie, I have Katie G. 
And then I think I heard Katie F. And Larry K. Penny, and this now, is Katie G. Jen, that was not me. It was Amy Katie F. F. only. Okay, Amy, Katie and F. Amy G. Amy G. Amy G. And Amy G. Reva P. Jen Jen A. Okay, Reva. Amen. Jen, and who was after Jen, please? Melissa G. Melissa, and that's it. Okay, for the now. Um, I'll be taking more of a little later. And if I didn't say, if I don't say your initial of your last name, please fill me in on that when you share. Okay, KDF, will you start us off with the sharing again? Good morning. This is Katie Ask, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And yes, I just, um, this paragraph really speaks to me because I too was brought up in a religious home and thought that I believed in God. So I really thought that I was constitutionally incapable of being honest with myself. I thought I was just uh, whatever percent who couldn't get recovered because I couldn't get recovered. <laughs> I was in these rooms for six years and I just didn't realize that there are different levels of agnosticism, that I was agnostic in believing that God would help me with this problem. And so it's not like I had this, you know, great understanding of that when I did start to get recovered, but, but it did change. And I surrendered in a way that I had never surrendered before. I put aside my ideas of what I thought I needed to do. And I became willing to do whatever someone else told me to do, which is what was missing. I was always trying to do um, something. I was always putting in my two cents worth of what I thought this uh, recovery process was supposed to look look like. And that just never worked. So laying aside my prejudice and laying aside my um, idea of God and God's vastness um, is what helped me to finally be able to move forward and to put down the food 100%, everything that had been binge foods for me that I had not been willing to look at before and working through these steps and just continuing this one day at a time for, you know, as long as for the rest of my life, as far as I'm concerned, that I will just keep putting, putting the food down every day and picking up these spiritual tools and putting aside my prejudice and my agnosticism and whatever is going on in my life so that I can let God in. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Katie, that was Katie F. And now next is Larry K. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Penny. You were right. Lady Huskies of Connecticut. They did it a deal. <laughs> Larry Kay, uh, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Uh, you know, um, you know, I'm talking to a dear friend, a fellow, about the notion of these pockets of agnosticism he talks about, that they flare up. And, you know, it's kind of like every view, no matter how well you know something, has a level of uncertainty and so too here right you know and 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 what he's telling me is he's saying it's okay because you don't you don't have to be perfectly certain in some things to justify a belief in that thing 
And maybe what we do is kind of go with the odds, if you will, and the odds I have found are greatly in my favor to choose to believe that the higher power exists. And at some level, we're, you know, we're, we're not really sure, you know, uh, God's inside of us. Or, or if we did, we would act as if God was beside us all the time. So there's going to be pockets of agnosticism, not knowing, uncertainty. You know, and there's a difference between believing in God and spending time with God. That's what I try to do today, imperfectly, of course. You know, will I allow him to begin to change me through this process? You know, asking God uh, for help to become what he wants me to be rather than what I want to be. You know, do I, do I have enough faith in God so that, you know, the third step promises can happen? And, you know, do I have the faith to walk into today, you know, to, to the day today and let, and let God guide me? Can I abandon myself utterly to him? So here's a very important point for me that I'll end on this. The point, you know, is, is that, you know, that, that there's a direct relationship between our confidence in the evidence of our exercise of faith and the consistency of our spiritual life. So for me, without God in my life, there is no sustainable, tolerant love that I can extend to others. Only a series of conditions to my love. And the more conditions, the closer I am to the disease. So with God's help, I can have less conditions. Thanks for your service, Penny. With that, I pass. Thanks, Larry Kay, and go Cubbies. Next, we have Amy G. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Penny. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Amy G. Slash Katie G. <laughs> um, Recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. So grateful to be here. So my sponsor used to say to me all the time, you know, it doesn't matter what your higher power is as long as it's not you and it's greater than you because I understood that. If I had had, like Larry said, to believe or know exactly what, you know, higher power or God was in order to work this program, I, I never would have worked this program. And, you know, I truly believe in my selfish and self-centeredness, this chapter was written for me because I was firmly entrenched in my agnosticism. And it was so helpful for her to say, look, in Overeaters Anonymous, we act our way into a new way of thinking and believing. We don't think our way there. Because if I had tried to think my way there, I would have gotten all tangled up in all these ideas about what God was supposed to be. And she said, as we work through the steps, put the food down, work through the steps, this process will evolve. But the deal is, is that I am not the higher power anymore because my way and my thinking got me into this mess in the first place. A sick mind cannot heal a sick mind. And I tried to fill the hole in my soul with a knife and a fork. So that's what Amy did for Amy. So when I finally surrendered and began to work these, these steps, I created that willingness. I surrendered, I made the decision, and I created the willingness to believe in something greater than myself. And things started to evolve. I was listening to a, um, a speaker the other day, and they said, you know, signs is the Greek derivative of a word that says marks of God. You know, the signs. And we read about this in the prior paragraph about, you know, these ideas of a starlit night. You know, who made all this? Well, for me, the signs that I had were in you all, in whom the problem had been solved. 
you all were my marks of a higher power. I couldn't conceive of a higher power, but I was willing to look to you and who had recovered. You all were my miracles. You you all were my God with skin on. You all were my marks of a higher power. You were my signs that recovery was possible. You know, that process of identifying in when people share their story of what it was like, what happened and what it's like now is transformative in, in the ability to give me identification and hope that there is recovery. What's that song? I saw the signs. I opened up my eyes. I saw the signs. You all were the signs for me that that relationship with a higher power was possible. But I had to get to work. You know, faith without works is dead. And I didn't have any other choice. I mean, I didn't know about you. I don't know about you all, but I believe wholeheartedly what it says on page 25. If you're seriously alcoholic or compulsive overeaters as we were, we believe there's no middle of the road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible. We had passed from the region from which there was no return from human aid. We had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could. And the other was to accept spiritual help. That's time, Amy. I'll wrap up. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. As soon as I laid aside prejudices and was willing to make the effort, my higher power began to evolve, and so did my recovery. Thanks, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. And next we have Reva P. Good morning, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto, I love how the big book gently moves me from one step to the next. Um, And I love how it says, be willing to believe, not that I have to believe, just to be willing. Be willing means being prepared, being ready. Um, And the only way I'm ready is if I've really completely been at step one um, and I was ready because I was so desperate. Thank you, God, for my bottom. And I love how it says here that it's my old ideas, my old conceptions about what I need to do to, um, you know, I used to use the word fix, um, fix myself, um, fix this disease, what I need to do, my old ideas mainly about God. Like I always knew there was a God, Um, but I didn't really believe in a power greater than me that could restore me to sanity when it came to the food or that could restore me to sanity when it comes to my fears and um, other areas of my life. And I just love this. It's to lay aside the prejudice, all my old conceptions, and just be willing to start with a brand new slate, like open a new window on the computer, totally blank. And I also like how I don't have to understand, I don't have to do a whole job description for my higher power because if I do that, I'll probably limit it. And I love how I've heard on this line, you know, if I could understand God, if he was that small, then he wouldn't be big enough to handle all my problems. Um, And I find that really helpful. Um, And I think for me, you know, after a while, um, living in steps 10, 11, and 12, I need to constantly ask, where in my life am I still being agnostic? Where do I still have these limited beliefs? You know, God can do this, but he can't do that. Or I can be okay here, but I won't be okay there. Um, So I think it's a constant, constant redefining, um, constantly seeking, opening up to new 
new conceptions of God, and I think that's how I go deeper and deeper um, developing um, the spiritual life. So, yeah, just being willing to believe, and uh, it was so freeing. It was so freeing to let go of the old, punishing, limiting beliefs, and it still is, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And next, it's Jen A. I believe it's A. Good morning. Jen? Hey, Penny. I didn't know if you heard me or not. (laughs) I I was like, oh, she called my name. The teacher called my name. Hurry, hurry. (laughs) Good morning. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, you're cute. Oh, my name is Jen A. I'm recovered here in Colorado this morning. And um, a nerd of the big book I am. And so, uh, yes, it is the set-aside prayer. It's the second part of the set-aside prayer out of five. The first one we heard part was on page 42 at the bottom. And um, the next four sections of the set-aside prayer come out of We Agnostics. And this paragraph for me is a huge promise. And um, how I was taught to read this paragraph is this way. Um, You know, Jen, as soon as you're able to lay aside any prejudice, any preconceived belief, any opinion, and any judgment, and just be willing to just believe in a power greater than yourself, you're going to commence to get what? Results. And I saw it in the people in the rooms. The people in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous had the results. They were the ones that were living happy, joyous, and free. They were not irritable, restless, and discontent. And um, they followed what? They followed the practical program of action. They prayed the prayers. And guess what happened? The promises. And that's the miracle of this program. I don't understand how it happens. I'm not going to try and figure out how it happens. I just am willing to believe that there's something out there that's bigger than me. And that's how I'm going to get results. And I didn't even come here for results. Like, I know I went to all the diet programs and the gyms and the weight loss centers and that because they promised me as a result. But I didn't come to Overeaters Anonymous going, I need a result. I was just desperate out of ideas. And, like, this was, this was the last stop for me. Um, and when I got here, I still didn't even get it. You know, I tried to do things imperfectly. Um, I, I, I didn't define alcoholic foods. I didn't follow a food plan. I wasn't abstinent. But I kept going to meetings and sitting in the chair of membership. And, um, you know, it, it, the same with God. Like, I just kept believing in, in the same religious God. And you know what? That religious God failed me. Um, and so I had to pick up something new, something different. And today I see where religious people are right. Um, that's what this book has taught me. That's what I have learned. And I also see that spirituality is just, it's something that's happening inside of me as a result of leaning into a power greater than myself. Two capital P's in this paragraph and a big old promise. For a girl like me, um, you know, that's, that's awesome. I just, I, if, if, you, if, you don't, um, if you don't have this, um, if, you, if you are still prejudiced, um, my suggestion is do what? Just follow the prescription. Just keep going. Just keep reading the words on the page. Just keep praying the set-aside prayer. I pray it every single day and have been for years, right? Help me set aside everything I think I know about what? About this book, about the program, about the people, about the shares, about the meetings, about blah 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 Why? Because I don't have time to think about all of it. God's going to take care of it for me. And that's what he shows me. He takes care of everything for me today. And that's a miracle. And I'm so grateful that I don't have to always figure it out. So thanks, Penny, for hearing me. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, Jen A. And next we have Melissa. 
Good morning, Melissa. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa G. from Michigan. Um, yeah, so this paragraph, I have to say, was a big game changer for me. Um, I came to OA with a previous experience in another program, and that other program seemed so much easier to get in contact with my um, higher power and to believe that my higher power could help relieve me from the bondage of um, that addiction. But when I came in here, I came in thinking that it was going to happen just the way it did in that other program, in that I was going to be able to work the steps and, you know, feel this relief, which I do believe, you know, is um, true. But I, um, it wasn't until I started hearing everybody say this set-aside prayer where, you know, um, the statement about, like, my ideas about how this recovery should work, that it really hit home to me that this had to be a whole new experience. And um, it was really an opportunity to go deeper with my higher power. Um, and once I was able to stop putting God in a box, which, you know, God can do this, this, and this for me, but probably not this, and I really don't want to trust him in this area, um, it wasn't until I was really able to understand that God isn't this finite thing that, um, you know, is only wanting or capable to do just so much for me. But God is this, you know, infinite, beautiful, loving, you know, power that can really do things that like, I can't even imagine. God wanted so much more for me than to just stop eating compulsively. God wants so much more for me than, um, you know, just walking around a zombie in the world, disconnected from everyone. And once I stop trying to understand what God wants for me, I feel that's when it's really possible for God to do the work in me that is needed. So, um, as always, I'm so grateful for this program and for all of you. Happy spring, and I hope everyone has a good meeting. Thank you. Pass. Thank you, Melissa G. And now I'm ready to take names of people who would like to share some more. And I'll Lisa do my best to hear. Go ahead. Uh, Amen. Linda G. Hold Kim. on just a minute. Hold on. I, I lost someone right from the beginning. Would that person please say her name again? Lisa um, Jam, my apologies. Okay. I'm going to ask again because two or three people came in together. Sienna. Um, Linda D. Lisa J.R. Ken W.H. Okay, here's who I heard. I think I heard Deanna. Deanna, somebody, somebody with the last initial G. Okay, Linda, somebody Jr. Ah, name. I don't know what's wrong with my ears this morning, right now, anyway. Okay, did we have a Deanna? Yes. Okay, Deanna, you go, when, when I call on you, be first. Did we have a Linda? Yes, Linda D. 
Linda D. Okay. And then we had someone who, J.R., whose last initial was J.R. Lisa J.R. Lisa J.R. Then we have Ken W.H. Let's go with those. So, Deanna, will you start us off, please? Yes, certainly. May I be heard? Yes, we can hear you. Good morning, Penny. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Deanna P. I'm from Wilmington, Delaware. Penny, thank you so much for your service. Um, in our household, you are one of our favorites, Penny, because of your Boston accent. We love it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, aren't you glad we have a solution and that we have this chapter, We Agnostics? My goodness, this is – I remember the first time I read We Agnostics, um, I was reading it on the way to the beach uh, with my husband, and uh, when we were done reading it aloud, I was like, this has to be one of the best chapters. And I'm a religious person. Um, uh, one of the best chapters I've ever read on a defense for uh, for an awareness of, or the beginning of awareness of God. Um, and I, I just, I thought it was so, so well written and um, still do. Um and for me, being a religious person of faith for many, many years, um, and hearing the words uh, spirituality and religion, religion bandied about a lot. Um, when I think of the two, I think um, you know, religion is is man-made, uh, man's attempts uh, to get to God, and spirituality is God's attempts to get to man. And uh, and you know. For me, um, I had better have a power, a higher power that's making attempts to get to me. Because uh, in my disease, I was running, running, running far away from any attempts uh, to get to God, at least on that plate. Uh, when I showed up in church, I was making attempts to get to God. Um, but as soon as I left and went to the buffet after church, I was God was nowhere to be seen. Um, and I, I think, you know, we we do have to, for myself, I had to get to the place where I wasn't an agnostic around the plate anymore. I love how Larry said we do have pockets of of um, agnosticism. Well, I had many plates of agnosticism. And um, I had to, had to figure out with God's help, how I was going to trust him with this thing called food and how I was going to be able to put down those foods that were, uh, were killing me. And, um, and, and I had to, I had to get on the elevator, right? So when you, when we see an elevator, we trust that it's going to take us somewhere, but getting on it, when those doors close, it's a different, matter altogether we have to step onto it we have to get onto it um and it's kind of scary um so um anyway that's all i want to share today i really really enjoy the shares and uh everybody have a great day bye thank you deanna d and let me just remind before we have our next speaker let me remind everyone that we are on page 46 the first full paragraph that starts with Yes, we of agnostic temperament. And next we have Linda D. to share. 
Linda? Hi, yeah, hi, everybody. Hi, Pam. Uh, hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut, and I'm thrilled to be here. I'm very grateful to be here. I'm I'm recovered, not cured. I'm a compulsive eater. I've been here a while. Doesn't mean I know much, but I do know this. I need this book. I need this chapter. This chapter saved my life. Um, yesterday you were talking about awe and wonder and enchantment, and those are, boy, I've seen a lot of that. Imagine that, me. I was uh, an atheist. For me to find God, believe me, if I can find God through this program, you can. Flat out. You can't miss. But what I had to do is jump in and do it, and I was scared to death. But I was more scared of where I was than of where I was going. And since I'm human, at the end when we read, abandon yourself to God as you understand God, well, that's a tall order, I'll say. Abandon, give up, oh boy, I'm an addict. It's not easy for me to abandon and not run. Somebody just said that. That's true. I would hide under anything. Peanut butter, people, working too hard, you name it. So as a human being, it takes me quite a while to realize, Linda, you're in pain. You're missing the point. You better get back to center. Center is within me. I, some people think it's next to me or aside. But I learned from experience for me that God really is within, and that's where I talk to God. I talk to God within myself, and I pause as is directed, and I listen, or I suffer. And that's not because God is mean. God is trying to get my attention. You are headed toward trouble, Linda. Pay attention. I love you. And that's what I found out, that God is unconditional love. For me, yeah, for me. I don't have to do anything special except the best I can. And stop self-destructing, Linda. You cannot eat that crazy food because you have a disease. No one wants a disease, but you got that. So go forward. Jump. And the net will appear, and it does, because God is unconditional love and very awesome. Very, very awesome. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. And next we have Lisa J.R. Lisa? Hi, Penny, and good morning, everybody. Lisa J.R. from Baltimore, Maryland, gratefully recovered by God's grace today. You know, this this chapter, this paragraph really hit me. Um, because when I came in, I thought, you know, I got this in the bag. I I have um, studied. I have taken, you know, countless uh, retreats, mission trips, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I know God. Um, but I also knew that if I could create a God uh, in my mind, the God would be too puny to deal with me. So when I came in here, I had to say, well, you know, how am I like these people, these agnostics? How can I identify in? 
you know, and I realized that there was a lot of defiance. I had to really ask myself the question, am I defying my idea of a higher power in some way? Where am I refusing to allow God in? Because if my heart, if my mind were a home, God had no place in the bedroom and he had no place in the kitchen. He had the run of the house, but in those areas of of my life, I was flat out defiant. I'm going to do it my way. And then I crawled into vision for you, just desperate. And I heard something in agnostic, atheist, and firm believer. You all had one thing in common. You had a steadiness of your emotions. You had a command of your emotions. And since I know that my magical magnifying mind got me here and couldn't get me out of this situation of compulsive eating um, and obsessive thinking, man, I had to just say, I surrender, God, everything. The bedroom, the kitchen, you can have it all. Um, Do with me as you will. Um, And man, it's been a wild ride ever since. Wouldn't go back. Thanks for letting me share, Penny, and thanks for your service. Thank you, Lisa J.R. And now we have Ken W.H. Good morning, Ken. Thank you, Penny. This is Ken W.H. from uh, Cary, North Carolina. Um, Here I stand uh, one day at a time, one person uh, trying not, you know, not wanting to eat compulsively one day at a time. And in the last year or so, I heard that they found another galaxy, a new galaxy that is 32 billion light years away from here. Um, How they figured that out, I have no clue. Anyway, um, that distance is incomprehensible. Light travels uh, seven times around this planet per second takes seven seconds for light to get from the sun to here. Uh, We're talking numbers that are just beyond anything that is conceptual, and we have to make up new words for it. My God is bigger than that, uh, well beyond it. In other words, I always thought, what's happening at the end of an expanding universe? Is there a stop sign? And I've come to know that, no, God is there, and God is here, at the center of my universe, if you will. Um, I am absolutely, utterly convinced, I have no doubt, that God is, and that God is in me, period. Uh, no agnosticism on that. It's He's there. And I'm grateful for that. That is uh, a, a deep, deep thing. It's, it's knowing in a way that takes me back to the, the Hebrew sense of the word, um, to know meant to be sexually intimate. Uh, that was the term or euphemism used for sexual intimacy was to know someone. And that's the kind of intimacy that that I experience today when I get myself out of the way and allow myself to be loved, caressed, embraced, um, that, that that's God, and that's real to me, and that there is no there is no doubt in the depth of my heart, and it's the only thing that keeps me out of the food today. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you all. I pass. 
Thank you, Ken W.H. And I understand that Ann M. would like to share. Is there an Ann M.? Hi. Yeah, hi, Penny. It's Ann M. here from Ireland, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Oh, Can I be heard? Yes. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much. Nice surprise, Ken. I didn't hear you heard me. Thank you so much, Penny. And thanks, everyone on the line. Um, yeah, what a powerful paragraph and so much hope. You know, this, this, the principle behind this step two is hope. And uh, yeah, just even that first part, let us make haste to reassure you. And that gives me so much hope. Um, and I just love, you know, the fact that, yeah, coming in desperate and dying and, 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 and hopeless, you know, to hear this hope and uh, first of all, going through step one, understanding what, what my problem was and, and power, lack of power being the problem. And my favorite line, the whole book is that lack of power is my dilemma, our dilemma. And uh, yeah, it just goes on then to tell us, you know, lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe. And just even hearing that, you know, that's all we had to do. It just shows some willingness to believe. And, and, and just showing up and being dying and desperate, you know, and wanting to seek a higher power greater than myself. Um, and that's the answer. You know, the problem is the lack of power and the, and, and the answer and the solution is a power greater than myself. And I love where it says, you know, we commence to get results. And, and what a, you know, it's such a promise to, to commence to get results. Um, you know, and the results for me, all I wanted when I came into recovery was, you know, that I would be abstinent. I didn't have a clue about anything else. I didn't even know what recovery was or spirituality. All I knew is I wanted to be free of the food. And, and that's only the first, you know, the first promise. Um, you know, but it's, you know, obviously we have to get down to causes and conditions and do the footwork after step two and to make that decision in step three. But I think it's like, you know, somebody I think shared on the line yesterday that, you know, it gently propels us into the next step. You know, it's making the decision and then going on to, to, to get unblocked and to get fully connected and, and then to share our recovery with other people and to practice it in all our, all our affairs. Yeah, and it's even at the end, you know, even though it was impossible for any of us to finally define or, or to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. Yeah, and evidence and, you know, all the uncertainty that goes with that. But I think there's, an, there's a lovely kind of, I suppose, another, another side to that. It's just how individual we all are and our own conceptions are all so unique. Um, yeah, and it's about science and facts these days, but... You know, I think like you shared earlier, the proof is in the room. The proof is in this share and to hear people well, to not hear people, you know, that have that have been in food for many years and now aren't. That's where it's like, you know, it's it's like for me, I want the perfect this, the perfect that. But, but today I have the perfect life that I that I need. And that's because I have a connection with my higher power and I'm recovered just for today. And that's all I have. I leave that and I pass. Thank you so much, Penny, and thanks for hearing me again. Thank you, Ian M. And, you know, there's other ears helping me, I have to admit. <laughs> we, have to, we have time for at least two more people. Who else would like to share? Adriana T. What's your first name, please, T? Adriana. Adriana. Who else? 
Anyone else? Go ahead, Adriana, and we'll find someone else afterwards. Vanita L. Thank you, Penny. Okay, I heard Anita L., but we're going to start with Adriana. Okay, thank you, Penny. This is Adriana T., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Michigan. So happy to have made it on the line today. Um, loved everybody's shares, and it's kind of hard to add to it, but I guess I'm going to go from a different angle and um, kind of look at how step two is connected to step one and how we really don't need to be, um, you know, convinced of any particular God or have this great conception of God. It could just be that our butt's on fire and we're out of options. So we better grab onto something higher than ourselves or we're, you know, heading down, you know, a spiral to our death. And, you know, it sounds pretty intense, but it's kind of our situation when we come into the rooms. And, uh, you know, we don't, it may be we take step two sort of begrudgingly. But as it's talked about, like, this is really just a beginning of, you know, opening the door to our spiritual life. And um, a speaker I really love um, kind of compares step two as, like, and, like, belief in God is like a parachute. Um, And he gives this great analogy about how um, this man's like, oh, no, I've seen how parachutes have been made and how they're packaged. I'll never trust a parachute. Oh, no, I'll never, you know, use a parachute. But when you're thrown out of a plane, a parachute on your back, you have a choice to splat to your death or pull the plug. And to me, that's kind of what step two is about is, you know, I may take it begrudgingly. I may not have it all figured out, but I'm heading to my death in this disease. So am I going to grab onto something else or am I going to say I'm going to do it my way? And, uh, so, yeah, that's my little tribute to Sandy Beach there. And with that, the past, thanks. Thank you, Adriana T. And next, I believe it's Vanita L. Thank you. Yes, Vanita L. from Georgia, a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Um, yeah. You know, my relationship with my higher power is deepening now. And it's, um, you know, it's been different my whole life. And it's interesting to me because I've read We Agnostics a lot of times and I still feel like there's things I don't understand about it. But I do know that I loved the devotion of my religion when I was a little girl. But then... Seeing the dysfunction and feeling not loved in my family, I disconnected from that and then got reunited with what I would call a true spirituality um, pretty quickly after that through circumstance. But, you know, the idea that we can comprehend God is (laughs) so ludicrous. I really appreciated the man who was talking about there's another galaxy 32 billion you know light years away because um it's 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 just it's not possible to conceive god and um or limit god in any way 
And lately, to get all the dogma and the theology and all the beliefs out of the way, like I'm just really finding it power to powerful to focus on the qualities of God, you know, infinity and um, beauty and love. And um, I find a really beautiful prayer saying to God, please discipline me. Um, please discipline me, but also let me live in grace and not be such a self-propulsive crazy person. Thank you. Thank you, Vanita L. We have time for one more. Shia, who would like to take that? Would anybody else like to share this morning on this paragraph? This is Jane F. Jane F. as in Frank? No, S as in Sparks. Okay, go ahead, Jane. Oh, good morning, everybody. My name is Jane S. and I am uh, in recovery. Grateful to be back. I'm definitely a compulsive reader. And uh, thank you for everyone's chair this morning. Um, I'm hailing from New Hampshire. Uh, <laughs> This is very, very powerful for me today, um, and I've wanted to share all throughout the meeting, but I knew I probably ought to wait until the end, so I was going to get emotional. Um, two and a half months ago, I came back to Vision for You, and uh, I've been in and out of this rooms of OA for almost 12 years, as long as I've been sober, um, and I thought that I could use the same God. Um to control my food or to fix my food or to, I don't even know what I was looking for. And then I think that was part of the problem. I thought I could figure it out. And I tried all these things and I kept hearing the solution in this room of a vision for you. And uh, I heard it loud and clear again today that the solution is here. The solution is in the power. And when I came back um, at the beginning of January, I heard someone say that my credits don't transfer, and I finally realized that I had to go deeper, and I didn't know how to do that. And then someone reminded me of the set-aside prayer, and the set-aside prayer, setting aside everything I think I know about myself, my God, my programs, my recovery for a new experience has just been absolutely incredible. Um, And the fact that there is a God out there that is doing for me and has been doing for me my whole entire life what I could not do for myself is just it's an understatement. So this morning I was writing my first amends letter to my mother who raised me and is gone and has been gone for a long time. And I asked God for help and to help set aside everything I thought I knew so that I could make this amends in the appropriate way, in his way. And I, it was absolutely mind-boggling how, how, how spiritual it was. And I was crying tears of joy when I got done and then I was able to get on to this meeting. So if anybody else here is is wondering if this program works. All I can say is it does. It's been working with me, and I've been having miracles happen every day for the last, I don't know, almost three months now. And uh, finally, in over 60 years of my life, the food obsession and the neutrality around food has finally occurred. And that's God, something bigger than 32 billion light years away. (laughs) So thanks for everyone's shares, and I'm just grateful to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Jane S. And Jane, you'll be our last share for today. Thank you to everyone who shared and everyone who's attended the meeting today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study 
immediately following the closing. The share ID for this meeting, Wednesday, March 24th, 2021, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 16,635. 616635. We now will close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, and we'll follow that with the Serenity Prayer. And I'm going to ask Lynn S. to read that for us, please. Good morning, Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.